Every good and perfect gift comes from above. I believe that no matter what you get, what you receive, if it's good and it's perfect, it came from the Lord. Well, I've worked hard all my life. Good. God gave you the strength. Well, I created such and such. Where do you think that creative ability came from? Well, I put in long hours. How long do you think God infused you with energy to do long hours? In other words, everything that you're aware of that brings favor and blessing and joy to you came from the Lord. And all of us appreciate the blessing of the Lord. If you believe that, say amen. But here's what I realized over these few short years that I've been alive. Why does it seem some people appear to be more blessed than others? You notice that some seem to be more blessed than others. Well, I live in, I was driving through a neighborhood the other day and, and my Lord of mercy, got a big old boat and got a, got a big motor home out there and got a mansion and got a swimming pool and three different type of expensive cars and and I drive a rattle trap pickup truck that has muffler patch on it to keep it from putting fumes in the cab. How's that, God? How is that? Well, that's a good question. You see, some uh, are logical answers that can be given. Sometimes uh, individuals, because they have a great education, they went to school and and got that doctorate or whatever the case, or a self-starter. They're just naturally a self-starter. Another's, uh, uh, you know, entrepreneurial in nature. Some might call them a hustler or something of that nature. They don't quit. When others quit, they just keep at it. They're good decision makers. They just are able to make good positive decisions. So many have long-term experience. You stay at it long enough, you're going to get enough experience to be able to know how to do it right eventually. Some granted by heritage. It just so happened that mom and dad made a good amount of money. And as a result of that, mom and dad expired. And guess who received it? The children. They didn't necessarily earn it, but it fell into their lap. Okay, so. Or some are just I call fortunate. I don't use the word lucky because I don't believe in luck, but they're just, just, hey, it's just unbelievable. It's just remarkable by that. But all, all of the above mentioned characteristics can be learned behavior often. If you discipline yourself through long-term commitment, you might be able to attain what you think others have obtain that seems to impress you but in addition to that here it is God says you're my child there's nothing you're going to have need of I'm going to bless you and I'm going to give you favor third John 2 says dear friends I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. So it seems to be that our spiritual life is connected to the wellness and the blessing of the Lord. So God, I want to honor you. And here's what I have found out. You, let's try this on for size. 
that when your soul is rich and you feel blessed with God, often the closer you are with the Lord, the better off you feel about what you do have. God, I don't need what they have. I don't need that extra. Here's all I need, Lord. Just one more touch. Just one more blessing in my life. And I'll just praise you, God. And I'll thank you. How wonderful is that? David is the most blessed man of his day. He's one that we're going to look at. And everywhere you look, you see the success that God gave him and his life. And our goal is to evaluate, well, why was he so blessed? Well, what was it about him that brought a lot of prosperity and a lot of favor? And we're going to discover some of those principles. And I'm going to give them to you. And somebody, somebody's going to latch on to something that we say tonight that will be beneficial to you. Number one, here's what he did. Honor God. Say that with me. Honor God. Honor God. First Chronicles 29, 11, yours, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, O Lord, is the kingdom. You are exalted as head over all. You know what it said? If I want what he's got, I need to get close to him. Amen? He's head over all. He should be number one. That's the first principle, to honor God. And so here's what we find in Matthew 6, 33. It is a kingdom principle that Jesus shares. But seek first, everybody. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all the things that you think you need, all the things that God believes you need, he said all those things will be given to you as well. God is ne has never been an enabler, all right? He said a man ought to work, a man ought to enjoy, a man ought to honor, but he said as you honor the Lord, all the things that God has at his disposal, he said, listen, in my will, I will distribute that to you. And the Lord Jesus in this scripture is connecting the fact that all the blessings of life, sustainment of life, significant things in life are found seeking and honoring God first. Sharon uh, took back when I, I turned uh, a while back a decade older and she had the video of that birthday party and in that birthday party, each of my grandkids said what they like about granddad and my kids, my three children, of course, and their, and their, uh, uh, their spouses had something to say about me. And uh, it was like, I was, uh, you know, thinking, well, I was, it was, I thought, I really don't have time for that. And I need, I need to get on to the church for a few minutes. I went home to, to get my eye drops in. And when I began to hear what they said, I thought maybe, maybe I don't need to rush back to church right away. And they began to talk about, Granddad, you've always been there if we ever needed you. We ever needed wisdom, we called on you. We ever needed something, we called on you. We knew that we could get encouragement. We knew you could sustain us. My youngest daughter, Lori, said, I remember the time when we got twin beds 
and dad went and bought uh, bed sheets. And uh, it was a little cartoon character that I bought. Now, I don't, I'm not into buying bed sheets or anything of that nature. But she remembered that when she was a little girl and brought that up. And now she's way on up the line in age. And I thought, God, it's amazing. Doing all of that, living that way, it never dawned on me that one day you'll get a testimony out of that. See, the beauty of God and the blessing that he has is said, you seek first the kingdom of God and the things that money cannot buy will come and bless you. It's found in seeking God and honoring God first. God is first. Now, David in our text honors God, and this is how he does it. He declares God's greatness, God's power, God's glory, God's victory, and God's majesty in heaven and in earth. And then he says, hey, and God is head above everything. Nothing moves without his knowledge. He's head of all. How do we honor God? What does it mean when you honor, you honor God? And Paul viewed it this way. In Romans 12, the first verse, he said, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's what? Mercy to offer your what? As living sacrifices, what? Holy and pleasing to God. This is what? Your spiritual act of worship has nothing to do with music, though music is wonderful. But he said your spiritual act of worship is when you present you, when you present your talents, your heart, your time, your priorities, and you say, here, God, I give these to you. I separate myself from my own selfish desires. First Chronicles 29.10, it said, then David Praise the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly, saying, Praise be to you, O Lord, God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. He gives God praise. I honor you, but I praise you. I thank you for that. James 1.17, here we go again. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not, who does not change like shifting shadows. He is on focus as it relates to keeping his eye on you and being certain that your need is met. Now, we honor God by praying to him first in the morning. Don't mix God up running down the highway it's all right to do that. Don't mix him up now, lay me down to sleep. Praying to God is when the time you take and you say, God, I, I need to talk to you, but I need to listen to you. I need to hear you by reading and accepting his word, by testifying of his goodness. So when is the last time you told someone, look what the Lord has done for us? 
When is the last time for some minute gift maybe that, that God blessed you with? So I know that was the Lord. When is the last time you said, let me tell somebody. Let me encourage you by worshiping him. By worshiping him. By exalting his name and by standing up for his righteousness. His righteousness. His right, not being filthy, not getting our garments soiled with the issues of culture, but saying, God, we're going to honor your worship, your, your righteousness. And I believe that, that when I tell you, get this now, if a person will not honor God, he must not expect the complete blessing of God. If you don't honor mom and dad and honor your parents, whether you agree with them or not, there's no way God can give you, as a child, give you the blessing that you ordinarily would receive. If you don't honor God and God first, and don't forget you can't separate God from the church. They are one, one. James said it in James, or in Luke, or Jesus said in Luke 9, 25, what good it is it, what good is it for a man to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit his very self? And if anyone is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of him when he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. Honoring God, the first step for blessing is I honor you. People in my sphere of influence know that you're first. I honor you. I honor you. I admired a parent not long ago whose son was in little baseball practice baseball practice and they decided we're going to have practice on Wednesday night. He was in Rangers. Mom and dad said, we love baseball and we want you in sports. But they went to the coach and said, our son will not be here on Wednesday. And this kid was a good player. He won't be here on Wednesday night because for us, that's church night. And he's in a program at church. And we appreciate all you're doing for kids. But we're endeavoring to still, to still in our kid a priority of who Jesus is. That might be honoring the Lord. Number two, acknowledge your weakness. How many of you have a weakness? May I see your hand? That's good. Some of you, your weakness is you can't raise your hand. Acknowledge your weakness. I found out the best way to end a disagreement is to agree with them. Hello? That's about the worst sermon I ever heard. You know, I was about to say that myself. Well, that worship song was way too loud. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, my husband, pastor, he won't even open the door for me. You and God can take care of that. He's not going to leave you if you just stand out there by the door until he opens it. Everybody with me? And if he does leave you, he ain't worth keeping. Oh, Lord, I didn't think I said that. 
Here we go. Acknowledge your weakness. First Chronicles 29, 14. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you. And we have given you only what comes from your hand. Only. Jesus, I, I can't, I can't believe it. And God said, I'm choosing to bless the man or woman of the family completely that are not filled with their agenda. Who don't want their will, not my will, but thy will be done. Who pride is under the microscope and well-balanced. Whose selfishness is in control. And there is no selfishness. The height of a person's spiritual stature and blessing is in direct relationship to the depth in God's river of humility. God, I admit, I am a sinner saved by grace. Saved by grace. Proverbs 22, 4, humility and the fear of the Lord bring wealth and honor and life. And Matthew 18, verse 4, Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. David is consumed with the blessing of God that he cannot personally account for among his people. He said, I, I cannot make this add up. It's unbelievable what I see in the natural and what I've witnessed in the supernatural that comes from these people. They're giving and presenting themselves far beyond anything out of the natural. And he said, I don't understand it. I do believe this, however. It is not of natural means, but it's of supernatural favor. How many of you receive supernatural favor in your life? May I see your hand? We know we all have. That was God. Boy, that was God. That was God. Don't forget that. Don't, don't forget it as you are blessed and blessed and blessed and blessed that it's by God's supernatural favor that God has given you the abundance of his blessing. He asked, who am I and what are my people giving beyond our combined abilities? Then he says, for all things, all things come from you. Well, try this on for size. God cannot pour blessing through a person who's already filled with themselves and pride and selfishness. How can God, and God won't crowd his way in. He won't. He will not do it. And when a person's weakness is acknowledged through humility, then we become a vessel of God that God can fill up and we can then give out. Everybody you know, every person you associate and relate to ought to know what your Christian stance is, not just in word, but they ought to be able to see a vessel of honor under the Lord that they know you don't get away with an old nasty joke in front of them. 
You're not going to do it. You're not going to down somebody else in the family in front of them because their life is committed to perfect things, whatsoever good, perfect, whatsoever words that you're going to say, say them out of a heart of love from the Lord Jesus Christ. David said, God, you desire to make us great, but before you can, we must become small. Small. Recognizing your weakness comes through humility. Be humble. Be humble. And you have the ability to make yourself humble. Well, seeking, what does that mean? It's seeking when you don't need to. I don't have a great need, but I'm just seeking the Lord on this one. It's giving when you're not asked to. I'm just giving myself away. It's submitting when you're not required to. It's participating when you're not leading and you're there. And it's giving praise as opposed to pointing out the faults of others. Honoring God in that regard, acknowledging your weakness will prepare you for God to be a real strength and factor in your life. Paul said in 2 Corinthians 13, we are glad whenever we are weak for you are strong and our prayer is for your perfection. I want to be close to you. I want to walk with you. I want to honor you. God, I want you to know I don't deserve anything that I'm given. I don't deserve it, Lord. Help me. You don't pray that prayer and say you don't deserve it and then get up and be as cocky as yesterday's gone. Amen. 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 First Chronicles 29. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also Rejoice greatly. What? Taking up the offering for building of the temple. And the heart was revealed by the massive amount of participation. If you are like this, if you are this way, it's not just about money. It's about a position of your heart. For the heart of Jesus, his hands are open. His arms are wide. His love does not judge. His love accepts and encourages. He gave willingly, but out of a, notice this, out of a perfect heart. David magnifies the value of the heart. Here's what he says. You can't get by. He said, look, Lord, you try our hearts. You try the hearts and you have pleasure in uprightness. You look at our heart, you see how palatable it is. You see how, how willing that heart is to follow after you. 
You see, Lord, that when your name is talked about, the heart is moved. You, you see, you can honor God and not have a perfect heart, but it's just a facade. And you can acknowledge your weakness, but you will not do it with the right motive without a perfect heart. Oh, everybody will think, look at that, look at that, look what they do. Bless them. And you know what the Bible said? Hey, God said, hey, on the inside, you're a whited sepulcher, but on the inside, you are full of yourself and full of dead men's bones, full of that. And so he says, take a look at that. So what do we do? We position ourselves around seeking after God and humbling ourselves and saying, God, hey, it's me standing in the need of prayer. How wonderful is that? Well, you try our hearts. How do you do that? Well, take a look. That's how we act when no one's looking. That's, uh, that's how we react under pressure. Gave him a piece of my mind. You didn't react very well. How caring we are when no one cares. How responsible we are with less accountability. I don't need a hall monitor to be accountable to God. How liberal we are with our abundance and how free we are with restraints through the power and the blessing of the Lord. David's heart is in tune with the heart of God and they beat as one. So David says, here's what I've learned. David made mistakes. He learned from those mistakes. He got a spanking. You know that. He had to weep through in repentance. But at the end, here's what he said of the most valuable thing. In 1 Chronicles 29, 19, and Lord, since I'm talking, I want you to give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, your requirements and decrees, and to do everything to build the palatial structure for which I have provided. Please, Lord, let my son learn this lesson right up front. Give him a wholehearted heart of devotion. A whole heart of devotion. Proverbs 4, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the, what? Wellspring of life. So he says, now, you honor God. You identify the weakness that you have. And you understand that the heart is what's most valuable to God. And if out of the abundance of the heart, the more God is in your heart as abundance, the less critical you will be. The less curt you will be. The less judgmental you will be. the less hateful and mean you will be. And I could go on and on and on, but it's true. So I'm going to read the whole thing of 1 Chronicles 29, 14, 15, and 17. David, and I'm reading out of the Amplified. But who am I 
And what is my people that we should remain or retain strength and be able to offer thus willingly? For all things come from you, and of your own hand we have given to you. For we are strangers before you and sojourners, and as all our fathers where our days on earth are like a shadow and there is no hope or expectation of remaining. I know also, my God, that you try the hearts and delight in uprightness. And in the uprightness of my heart, I have freely offered these things. And now I have seen with joy your people present here offer voluntarily and freely to you. I'm, I am blown away, he says, because I have watched the manifestation of people that have suffered and have been weary and have been tricked stabbed in the back and I have watched them today present without malice or ill content a heart that's worthy of your notice. Father God, we praise you and we honor you and we thank you. Would you stand, Father, in your name? We praise you. We acknowledge you. We revere you. We rejoice in your name. We declare, Lord, like no other. There's no other plateau we would rather be. There's no other place, that, several places that we could have been tonight. But we chose to honor you. And Lord, we don't know that, that that's not a small thing to you. When we deny the pull and pleasure of something else and instead we come to prayer meeting, we come to sit and to hear the word, then God, that's huge. That transitions to blessing in your kids, transitions to blessing in your grandkids, though they may not understand how that favor comes it's because a mom and a dad or a grandparent chose righteousness chose the heart of God opposed to walking the path that others walk so in this room tonight we are blessed and we thank you but we also know at home there are those watching online and those here and we all need to repent we all need to ask you to forgive us. The culture in which we live, sometimes those garments get soiled and, and we need a clean slate. And then, Lord, through the word of God, maybe you convicted us about something, about something that we just need to say, I'm sorry. Forgive me. 
So throughout the audience and those of you watching online, would you repeat this prayer after me? Here we go. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus Christ. Thank you for Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus thanks, for dying on the cross. thanks for dying on the cross. Thanks for giving your life. Thanks for, giving your life. Thanks for your shed blood. Thanks for your shed blood. I admit, I admit I have made mistakes. I've made mistakes. And I am a sinner, I'm a sinner that, needs redemption. that needs redemption. So forgive me. So I, confess my sins, I confess my sins and I believe by faith. And I believe by faith. I'm, a new creature, I'm a new creature and I am righteous, and I am righteous because, of your sacrifice because of your sacrifice in my life. In, my life. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's put our hands together. Those of you online too, let's thank him. Thank you, Lord. We praise you. We honor you, Lord. Don't we love him? Here's what I know. A lot of people are hurting today. A lot of individuals are facing a more difficult circumstance than they could ever imagine. But here's what I know. You may represent somebody that you know. And maybe right now God's placing them on your heart and say, you know what? They need healing and I want to stand in for them. Or maybe they're away from God, but they're on the cusp of, of really making it into the kingdom. And, and I, I just want to lift them up in prayer and and I, I know, I know, God, I'm not ashamed. I, I'm going to be anointed with oil. I want to be prayed over for this need or my own personal need. So as we worship here the next two or three minutes, we're going to give you an opportunity to slip into this altar for a few moments. And we're just going to worship for about another five minutes. And if you have to slip out, you certainly are are able to do that if you just want to be reseated and, and just close your eyes and get in with the worship. I promise you, it will be worth it. Amen. God bless you, everybody. These altars are here just for you tonight.